Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Bantering the Blue Sharks. That is on Thursday this week because uh, I had some crazy things going on, and I had to push it back. Deal with it. Uh, another crazy thing, there is no Beth. Beth had a hockey injury and hurt her back, and she's on many painkillers, and while that may have been one of the more entertaining podcasts we would ever do, uh, she may also pass out, and I'm not totally sure that we would want that live on the air. So I am joined by Michael Murphy. Michael, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? I know you're eating shawarma. I was eating shawarma, the delicious spinning meat the, sandwich. The sweaty, the, uh, conical meat. Oh, it's so delicious. Mike, guess what? Meat, meat shouldn't sweat, Joe. What? This show is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Have you ever heard oh. of Casper Mattresses? It is an obsessively uh, engineered mattress at a shockingly <laughs> fair price. Uh, you may have seen the advertisements on – I see them on all the uh, subways in New York. They do a lot of out-of-home. But uh, Casper has become something of a household name that combines the supportive memory foam that creates their award-winning sleep surface with just the right amount of sink and just the right amount of bounce. And if you jump on beds like Mike does, this is the bed for you. They have over 20,000 reviews at an average of 4.8 stars. So everybody who reviewed Casper loved it. And those of you who have not reviewed Bantering the Blue Shirts uh, should probably do that as well. If you live in the U.S. and Canada, and that fits because this is a hockey podcast, you get free shipping and returns. You can try the beds 100 nights risk-free in your own home. You don't have to sleep in a stranger's home. And if you don't love it, they will pick it up and refund you every single penny. Uh, it is all made in the United States, USA, USA, and you can go to our special code, which is casper.com slash blue shirt banter, and that will give you $50 off towards any mattress purchase. If you don't like your mattress or you haven't gotten a new mattress, your mattress is lumpy. My, I just got a new mattress, but uh, if yours is lumpy or you don't like it or it smells Maybe you let the dog sleep in the bed and you need a new mattress. Go to Casper.com slash Blue Shirt Banter. And the code is Blue Shirt Banter. And you get $50 towards a mattress. Any mattress purchase. So, go buy a bed at Casper. And then go review Bantering the Blue Shirts. Um, this show is also brought to you by Patreon. Well, go ahead, Michael. Is there anything else you want to say about Casper? I was going to say... I- I bet that Beth wishes she had a nice Casper bed right now. Ooh, I bet she does wish that she had a uh, nice little Casper bed. Um, this show is also brought to you by Patreon. Patreon.com slash BlueShirtBanter. And our Patreon subscribers, Anthony Viola, Dan Lynch, Matt Bader, Eric Cohn, Daniel DeGen, Michael Silvers, Trevor Kempner, Thomas Osa, Alexander Thornton, Nicholas Forlenza, Dan Carosi, Taylor Ryder, John J. Porter, Armiel Kissinger, Zachary Zetlin, Igor Zetlovsky, and Arch Williams. Thank you, all of you. Um, go to patreon.com slash blue shirt banter and donate to us. And when you do, we'll do things for the show. Beth went and injured herself, so you can't hear her. But Michael Murphy <laughs> finally got that fancy new Skype subscription, and now he sounds like a totally different person. Just bask oh, in his yeah. voice for a moment. I still didn't listen to last week's podcast to hear how different it is, but okay, I'm hoping so, it's so, a good change. Let's not admit that we're not listening to our own podcast. I do most of the time, but I've been so worried about Beth's injury, I didn't get around to it. 
this is your uh, your moment to shine, and you did not. Sad. We have a lot to talk about today. We thought this was going to be somewhat of a positive podcast. Now, I'm not totally sure if it's going to be a positive podcast or not. Um, <laughs> I think the Rangers have six wins in their last 16 games. Pavel Buchnevich isn't playing every night. Jimmy Vc sitting tomorrow. Um, the power play is bad. The power play, or excuse me, the penalty kill is worse. Um, the kids that are playing are not really playing all that much. Brady Shea continues to be an unbelievable bright spot. But, um... Mike, I have maintained that the Rangers right now mm. kind of feel like the Rangers of last year, and that includes sort of backing their way into the playoffs before they were <laughs> obliterated by the Penguins. The Rangers will not yeah. have to face the Penguins in the first or second round because they are all but locked up in the wild card. Does this feel familiar to you, Michael? It does feel pretty familiar to me in a very disconcerting way. This is uh, this is not the way you don't want to get into the playoffs. You know, clinch your playoff berth. You know, with a three, four, and three in your last ten, and you get there in an overtime loss on a pretty dismal road trip um, in California. You know, they, I know they went one, one, and one um, against what are considered very good teams, but. It's uh, since the last time we talked on the podcast, you know, we looked ahead at the California road trip as a, a good test of who and what the Rangers are. And we saw that Hank probably isn't where he wants to be right now. And that's a little bit troubling. But we also saw that Aline Vigneault still doesn't seem to know uh, what what 12 forwards he wants and what 6D he wants. What do you think about uh, about Pumple getting into the lineup there, Joe? Uh, this is the... <laughs> <laughs> it is a very similar argument to my obsession or being upset, I should say, last week that Tanner Glass was in the lineup. I don't care that Pumple is playing. Whatever. Get him in. Great. I care that it's coming at the expense of a kid. I mean, maybe VC should get a couple of games to watch from the press box. Maybe that should have happened a long time ago. I'm not as upset about VC sitting as I am Buchnevich. Um, VC, I don't think, has ever played more than 38 games or 39 games in a year in college. So the fact that he's played pretty much every game this year does kind of speak to him potentially hitting a wall if he hasn't already, and I think you can certainly make the case that he has. So if he needs to sit out a couple of games, that's fine. But it's not like he's necessarily playing a lot. I think you said he played, what, 10 minutes and the Rangers lost to the Sharks? Eight minutes, maybe? What was it? Yeah, he played 10.05 in the loss to the Sharks, which was a game that went to OT. So So, these guys need these opportunities to develop. Buchnevich should should never be sitting, ever. And you can't give me the... (laughs) the VC excuse because Buchnevich played like 80 games in the KHL last year, a men's league. So I want to see these guys develop. These games don't mean anything. It is a very bizarre thing to not give two craps what the Rangers do on a given night. And who cares what the Rangers do the rest of the season, because they're going to be in the wild card regardless. So you'd think you'd use these opportunities to get the kids to develop a little bit. Now, <clears throat> that being said, 
we're a little concerned that the Rangers are backing into the playoffs like they did last year. So before the podcast began, as Mike and I always do, we talk about what we're going to talk about on the podcast because I'm a terrible planner and it's not necessarily all put together. And one of the things that You're we mentioned was eating shawarma. Yeah, it was the delicious shawarma, by the way. I'm gonna, we're going to go. Uh, we're going to get some shawarma. We're going to put some shawarma in that belly, the same way that we're putting no. the bantu and the blue shirts in your ear. I don't like yes. my my meat in cone shapes. But but it's not in a cone shape. They just put it into a cone and then they cut it into strips. Yeah, but why, Joe? Why? Be- Someone because... somewhere has to put the meat into a cone. They get a traffic cone and then they fill it with meat. Sure, but the reason is because then all the meat that you get is crispy and delicious rather than undercooked and then you get food poisoning. Is that what you want? And then you're in bed like Beth. Yeah. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Maybe she ate not shawarma and got sick. Um, (laughs) Oh, so I guess here's the question. Would you rather the Rangers use these games to rest players and try to develop some of the kids? Or would you rather try to fix some of the problems that the Rangers have with their power play penalty kill and I guess really overall defense. Well, I, I think the thing that's interesting is I don't think Vino is doing either of those two things. I think he's choosing uh, this very ineffectual middle, middle road where, you know, we saw in the game against the sharks, I think Pumple played like eight minutes, 10 seconds, you know, no, no PK time, no power play time. And so you wonder why on earth he's there. He picked up an assist, but uh, that was more about JT Miller being JT Miller. Um, you look at why, you know, Buchnevich, what, what will Buchnevich stand to gain from watching Matt Pumple play eight minutes of ice that should be his? Um, you know, of all the time. minutes. <laughs> well, yeah, but the thing is, even at this point, I would take Buchnevich in the lineup getting eight minutes over a, yet another game of of watching players who are not as important both today and tomorrow to the team on the ice. If I could choose one of those two options that you uh, proposed, I would definitely choose, you know, let, let guys like Girardi and Nash and Kreider, because Kreider's been just, a, you know, one of the walking wounded, it seems like, all season long, even even with his breakout year. You know, he's he's been battling this injury or that for a long time. And, you know, these games, the result doesn't matter. But you can get meaning out of these games by playing guys like VC or Buchnevich in, you know, a bigger role. And so when we see, you know, Oscar Lindbergh and, and Pumpel and VC all getting you know, under 10 minutes and 30 seconds of ice time. And, you know, you, you have to wonder, you know, what what's the purpose there? It, it was nice to see the power play get two goals in a game. I don't really know the last time that's happened, but that was nice. Um, but the, I, I don't, I just, I'm at the point where I don't think Vigneault is going to figure out the penalty kill with the games that are left. There, and especially considering what the Rangers play Pittsburgh twice, Philly once, the Capitals and the Senators. So, you know, it's they're not they're going to be doing a lot of puck chasing on the penalty kill against some pretty spooky power plays. With Shea Weber on the point, potentially, I'm not 
not exactly something you want. Uh, there's actually a third option, which is a mixture of resting the veterans and letting the kids develop and fixing everything that you have an issue with. I don't think the power play would be worse for Ware to have more Bushnevich and BC and Shea on it. I don't think no. the team yeah. would be any worse by letting those guys take on bigger minutes, by letting even Lindbergh take on bigger minutes. Um, I, I just don't know if there's enough. I, I don't know what lineup Vigneault wants to go into the playoffs with. And I have I no think idea. that's a little yeah. alarming because I do anticipate Tanner Glass to be in the lineup come the first playoff game. I don't know no. who he's going to be playing for, but I do think he's going to be in the lineup. He is going to play at least one playoff game, at least. And considering, to, yeah, considering Montreal's lineup, I'm inclined to agree with you, but I, that doesn't mean I like it. No, just like Mike doesn't like shawarma, although that will change. No, just like the sweet meat of shawarma that needs to be rotated against the flames to come to a perfect crisp. The players need to play so that they can spin on the wheel of development slash cooking. To not play Bucinevich, like putting the shawarma meat not on the cooking and be like, all right, you watch this other meat cook and then you'll become delicious. No, that's how you get food poisoning. That's how you get food poisoning. Are you mumbling to yourself? I said that we're going to lose a lot of vegan listeners this way. Is there not is there thing mixed into the shawarma? Is it all meat on the cone? Well, it's meat and like seasoning. Oh, I was under the impression there were things like onion and and no. jazziness. But it's not what you think. Like the chicken shawarma is just like chicken cutlets just piled on top of one another. Yeah. I mean, they all, uh, then it should be shaped like fun. a chicken, maybe. So you're not going to cone. cut chicken into chicken cutlets and then shape the cutlets like a chicken? No. Leave is it as your a plan? chicken cutlet. No, Joe. You know that. It's not. You know what? This is why Blue Shirt Banter, the shawarma store, didn't work. Your heart wasn't in it. My heart wasn't in a lot of things. <laughs> um, God damn it. But you have to develop. You have to be able to develop. And that's the fight I, I, I hate. I know I mentioned this last time, but I'm going to mention it again. I hate Buchnevich is the 12th forward on the team. The 12th best forward. No, yeah. he is not. He is not. First of all, he's better than VC. And the fact that we have to have that argument is astounding to me. And I don't want to pit kids against kids. They're different players. But <laughs> Buchnevich is a better player. He's more seasoned. He's a better all-around player. Don't give me the he's lazy. Don't give me the he's bad in his own zone. Stop it. Right now. The ceiling's higher. The ce- his ceiling is so much higher. So He's two much. years younger than VC, and he already—I think still at even strength—he is the highest points per sixty on the Rangers. I mean, higher than Duke, higher than Nash. It's you know, it's quite a bit. The, you know, it's, it's yeah, and he's not exactly playing spectacular. You know, favorable offensive zone start minutes with other top six forwards. He's had to make his mark, you know, largely in a depth role, but points are still there for him. I mean, as of today, it's 20 points in 37 games. And it's, it's ludicrous. What more can you ask of a kid? Why is he not in the lineup? I don't know. For the role he's being asked to play, it's ludicrous that, that, that that's his point total. It really is. And when you have someone like that, it's very, very difficult to 
not play them. It, it just it doesn't make sense. I mean, look at Brady Shea. He got ice time. He got the opportunity to develop. He got some power play time. He's proved me wrong every step of the way with his offensive ability. Let's not let's call a spade a spade there. I was a fool, but <clears throat> are you really telling me that that wouldn't have happened, or it would have happened quicker if he was sat for Girardi? Uh, you can't. It doesn't really work that way. The guy has to learn to play the game. You want to watch a game from the press box every now and again, that's fine. But don't sit there and pretend that, oh, that's the only way they learn how to play. Don't tell me, uh, we, we talked about this last week, but don't tell me Miller and Hayes are only as good as they are because they sat in the press box. You're taking a lot away from Miller and Hayes, who are two unbelievably gifted hockey players. Who's to say that they yeah, wouldn't have been, Miller wouldn't have been this good last year or the year before if he wasn't sitting? Who and then is, starting Miller on the fourth line recently, that was uh, right. beautiful. And Hazer, ah, whatever, just throw him down there. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Schwarm. I just, I, I don't know what his plan is. The way that Sweet yeah. Schwarman cooks. Yeah, I agree. I really agree with you. I, you know, we talked a couple podcasts ago about, you know. Vino kind of finding the lineup, you know, when, when glass was, you know, plugged in the lineup, we, we kind of foretold that, you know, this would be the lineup we're seeing, but I didn't really expect us to see this much kind of chaos and in, in line juggling and trying to send a message to, in my opinion, all the wrong guys. Um, you know, it's Miller since the start of November, Miller is, tied with Zuccarello for the team lead in points and he's playing almost two minutes less, you know, per game than Zook is. And not to mention one of those two players on the power play all the time and the other isn't, you know, you don't need me to tell you which one is which. So, you know, it's, it's a really troubling thing to see Vino kind of searching for, you know, scratching different lottery tickets, hoping to find, an answer to, you know, a question that he thinks is the big problem right now that isn't the penalty kill or, you know, isn't trying to get some confidence in the kids. I mean, I don't know anything about coaching, but I would imagine getting VC and Buchnevich a little bit of confidence before, you know, their first NHL playoff series would go a really long way in helping the Rangers get past Montreal or the unlikely event they see Ottawa. So, uh, That's the other thing. Buchnevich does have playoff experience in the KHL. Uh, Michael Silvers is asking in the chat, when was the last known sighting of the KZB line? And I don't, I think it was before Buchnevich's injury and, or maybe Zavadich's injury. And that's to your point. It's like scratching a lottery ticket and you need three cherries. And instead of winning the jackpot, Vigneault has the opportunity to win like a dollar. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to scratch any other lottery tickets. This is the one that I'm going to keep because I'm going to try to win the dollar. The KZB line was the best line the Rangers have had all year. Why isn't it back together again? I don't understand what the problem is. I don't get it. It worked. Buchnevich works with a lot of people up there. Him and Zibanejad feed off each other very well. They're very similar players. You put a goal scorer between them. Nash up there worked really well. So these guys need to get back together again. 
putting Puchnevich with VC and Limburg is great if you're going to play them. And that line has done some unbelievable things because Pavel Buchnevich is a wizard with a puck. But you can't be like, well, he's not putting up points. He is putting up points. He's putting up points on the fourth line. He's putting up points with six minutes of ice time a game. Yeah, skating with Lindbergh and fast. And I have no issues with fast as a player, but he's not a top nine player. No, and it's it's one of those things where on the fourth line, you're so thrilled that he's in the lineup and doing what he does, you know, beating out icings and getting to pucks before guys who are bigger and faster than him just because he's working harder. But when Vino does what he does with a lot of guys, which is seemingly plays them in a role that they're not really built for, which is kind of what we've seen going in the other direction with Buchnevich, where he's asking him to play when he is in the lineup, this bizarre, you know, checking line, fourth, the fourth line that doesn't know what it is role. But every once in a while, he'll move Jesper up into a role where, you know, he wants him to be the team's second right winger, you know, and, you know, playing, playing with Stepan or, you know, trying to get, be in a role, you know, he's, since it hasn't really happened since he's been back from his injury, but it's one of those things where you, you want really desperately to try and connect the dots and see where these ideas are coming from for Vigneault. Uh, like what's so interesting to me about Buchnevich is that the, you know, the, I call them hockey card stats. They're, you know, the basic goals, assists, points. Like that stuff's all there for Buch. The analytics are all there for Buch, but so is the eye test. Even, even in that fourth line role when he is in the offensive zone, it changes everything, but he's he's still not used, and that's something that's it gets harder and harder to understand, and harder and harder not to get frustrated. Um, and of course, at the end of the day, it's just these this one little bullet point on you know a much greater list of problems. We already talked about uh, last week about you know teams with awful penalty kills don't go far in the playoffs, and since I think it's since the, February 1st, the Rangers penalty kill is 73.5%, which is tied for the second worst in the league. So uh, there's obviously a lot of things on Vino's uh, checklist of, to figure out. And I don't know why one of the ways, you know, one of his solutions right now is to scratch VC for, for Pumple. I don't know how that helps this team. I don't know how that helps VC, but... You know, maybe maybe he knows something we don't. Unless it's to <clears throat> give him rest, which I guess is totally possible. Um, the Rangers have a pretty... I, I would buy more into that theory if it wasn't for the fact that next week it's the Rangers have, you know, they have the, the Friday game, Pittsburgh, then it's Sunday Flyers, Wednesday Capitals, and then Saturday... Senators, and then the next Sunday, Pittsburgh. So it's a pretty, you know, in eight, eight days, you know, you have, what, four games? So you have two two-day-long breaks. I mean, I get that it's a long season and everything. I don't know what one more game arrest is going to do for, for VC, but, you know, I, I'm not there making sure he gets ice on his knees and all that stuff, so I don't know. Would you help him with ice? I would. 
If there was, be, if shawarma was nowhere like nearby. Well, you, well, I understand your aversion to swarm, shawarma. I don't get it. I don't like the word. I, I don't like the word. I don't like how... You don't uh, like the word shawarma? No, it makes me feel like someone has a cold shawarma. Okay. You said that... You say that eating an oyster makes you feel like you're eating someone else's cold, which is a vile thing yeah. to say. You don't like shawarma because it sounds like a cold. Do you just associate all food that you don't like with colds? I don't like sweaty meats. It's a sweaty meat. Uh, but I, Like I a don't. boiled hot dog? That's a sweaty meat. So you don't like hot dogs? No, you didn't listen. I said I don't like boiled hot dogs. A hot dog boiled on the grill dogs, maybe all day. the best types of hot dogs. I don't... We should probably end the podcast here. Uh, are you kidding me? What is wrong with why do you, boiled why, hot dogs? Why would you choose a boiled hot dog over uh, a grilled over a hot, grilled hot, hot dog? dog? Uh, maybe I'm not in the mood yeah. for some char. I mean, listen, I, I love a good burned burger. Maybe you need to get better at grilling. I, I, no, I want it burned. Um, that's how I do it. But I'm just saying, <laughs> from a hot dog perspective, uh, here's the thing. Uh, a grilled hot dog is... Rick Nash. It's underrated and it's dependable so and it gets the job done. Okay? That, you know, yeah, because two people will never agree. Okay? The boiled hot dog is floppy. Zuccarello. It's really good in its no. own special way. Maybe just as good as the grilled oh. hot dog. You're so wrong. Uh, it hurts is... me how wrong you are. I stand uh, by a lot of very stupid things you say because I love you, but. You're choosing a nice, crispy, grilled hot dog over a floppity, boiled hot dog. First of all, if it's boiled correctly, it'll not... You know what? You should have went to Jimmy's. That's what you should have done. Any of our Brooklyn listeners out there? Jimmy's Hot Dogs, under the bridge. He's gone now. Rest his soul. They were the greatest hot dogs in the world. And they were boiled. Sabrettes. Brooklyn. In and out. I want a hot dog that if I throw it at a window... It won't leave a wet splatter mark. That's what I want. No, I, I don't. I don't think. I think your. I think your <laughs> idea of what, what a hot dog can be is very wrong. Very very wrong. Um, what else were we going to talk about? Oh, I know it's something that we were going to talk about. Jeff Gordon, continuing to land. Free agent, college, players. They landed Hayes good a couple stuff. of years back. They landed VC last year, well, last summer, I guess. Um, so there is something of a difference that I, I do just want to go through. Um, Hayes and VC are what you would refer to as drafted free agents. So they're players who utilize the loophole that if they, if you get drafted and you're in college – you need to be signed by by four years rather than three years. That's the this way you could finish college if you wanted to, and the team would still own your rights. Players like Hayes and VC refused to sign with their teams, and that made them free agents, and they elected to sign with the Rangers. Um, the players that the Rangers have signed, like Vinny Letary, um, Chris Nell, and Vince Pedri, P- Pedri, Pedri. Yeah, Whatever it is. Like, um, like Petrie from like Land Before Time. That works. Yeah, sure. Petrie. 
they are totally undrafted free agents. They were never drafted. They were passed over. So those players generally don't make as much of an impact as players like VC and Hayes. And you'd think Hayes is probably V in this situation. He's a better player than VC is. Um, the only non-drafted NCAA free agent that I can think of that really did something amazing was Martin St. Louis. So there is, I'm not saying these guys are bad hockey players. I'm just saying more often than not, you're, you're not getting as much out of them as you are out of the former. So, but they're still, I mean, with Terry was a, a big goal scorer for Minnesota this year. Uh, Petrie, Petrie, is that what we're going with? Um, was a big offensive defenseman for Penn state. There, there's a lot to like here. Chris Nell is another goaltender added to the, uh, suddenly plethora of goaltending prospects that the Rangers have. And, and we've talked about this a lot too. When you don't have first round picks and the Rangers have their first round pick this year, thankfully um, for the first time in five years, you need to take the opportunity to get these, these players without using assets. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're lottery tickets. You're buying a lottery ticket and Maybe it's not the $20 million jackpot, but if you get a solid player out of it, it's, it's totally worth it. And the Rangers don't have a, a ton of opportunities. They don't have a, a slew of draft picks. They just traded away another second-round draft pick and a third-round draft pick for Smith. Um, they haven't had a first-round pick in four years. It's, so it's important to get these guys. And for whatever reason, the Rangers have been very good at it. And I think part of that is Jeff Gordon. I think part of that is Gordy Clark. And I think a really big part of it is Chris Drury, who I think has helped the Rangers kind of corner off that big East market and also bring Mm. a little bit more to the table than maybe the Rangers had before. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, Mike. This is uh, one of those things. It's easy to get frustrated at Gordon for his deadline. I guess you'd call it track record up until this point, but in terms of how he's handled, um, you know, off-season trades and dealing with stuff like college free agents, I give him really high marks. Um, it's a, it's beyond just, you know, oh, he's making up for the fact that the Rangers don't have enough prospects in the pipeline. You know, a lot of these moves are made with things like making sure the quality of play in Hartford gets better because it hasn't been where it needs to be, and that's, I don't think that's a well-kept secret. Um, getting these guys, you know, you look at these guys, you know, they're what is it, like, uh, Pedri's 23 years old and, uh, Latieri is 22 years old. So, you know, they're, they're not normally what you think of when you think of guys who will be rookies to the AHL, you know, almost certainly the AHL, not the NHL next year, but there's so much upside versus, you know, very minimal risk. So I, I really like these moves just because it's this is a very good form of scratching a lottery ticket, I guess, if we we want to go back to that and skip skip the sweaty meat. You know, this is a way to to add to your prospect pool and it costs you nothing but money. And players like these guys see that, you know, Kevin Hayes and V C get the opportunity to to play almost immediately and they, they get a real chance in the lineup, which makes the whole scratching VC after these signings a little bit 
a little bit suspicious. But um, it, it is they a really, really important though. part. <laughs> if we're being, this is VC's first scratch, is it not? Yeah, I think uh, Dave Shapiro um, from Blue Sea Blogs got mixed up on Twitter because I think Hartnett was saying VC missed a game with, I thought it was a uh, like a back thing in December, but it seemed like one of those, you know, call it a healthy scratch, call it a not healthy, you know, call it a he's hurt for a day, kind of, kind of a, a mix between the two. But this is the real first kind of definitive healthy scratch for him. So, uh, and <clears throat> when it comes to the Buchnevich VC argument, A, that argument should never exist. They should both be playing. B, if you had to pick one, Buchnevich should be playing over VC just by pure talent alone. But C, the complication is VC's kind of a signal fire for other guys, like Mike Vecchione, who the Rangers are in on right now, the uh, the big prize, everybody says, of, of this free agency period, where you need to show these guys, hey, when we tell you you're going to have a spot on this team, we mean you're going to have a spot on this team. And yeah. it's important. It really is very important. And the Rangers have done a pretty good job with it. I'm not necessarily saying VC wouldn't have been playing otherwise, but I'm sure we would have seen him involved one way or another in, in some of those uh, in some of those scratches. So, not a bad thing. It's you have to prove to. That's why these guys. Everybody was saying, "Oh, the Rangers need to, you know, maybe they'll use VC as a, a trade or Hayes," and it just doesn't. You, you have to. You need to do good business because these guys are not robots. They're not NHL.com or rather NHL 17 guys that you can just go in and treat like pieces of crap and then not expect them to turn around and be like, well, I'm not doing that anymore. These guys talk. They see what's going on. They they look at other players who have been in the same situation. So, yeah, it's important to go through that stuff. And, and I think – Vigneault has done a very good job of that this year. I, I think he did a good job with Hayes, too. But you're also at the point now where these guys need to be playing regardless. And maybe VC's getting a break. I think I can give them a pass on this one so long as it's not too long. But, again, how many passes is Vigneault going to get? I mean, how many times are you going to give him the benefit of the doubt on these player personnel decisions? Uh it really, all of this really just puts the the kind of peculiar timing of his extension, um, you know, in bold print to me. It's it's one of those things where if you told if if not for Vino's extension, if the Rangers had another one, you know, one round and out playoff uh, performance, I would think he'd be on the hot seat. I really would, um, just because of playing in New York and that kind of that sense of He's kind of taken the team as far as he, as far as we feel he could. You know, that's kind of, you know, it, there's no. It's not like in the cup first, first season or two of Vino where you feel like you know it's building to something. Because in many ways, I think that has already, that progress has kind of plateaued at this point. And I know this might be, you know, a little bit pessimistic for some people's tastes, but. Trying to get a, a hold on what this team's identity is and and what the Rangers have looked like over the course of the season, and I know you know it's complicated by you know Hank's kind of Jekyll and Hyde act and you know some injuries along the way and all that stuff, but the Rangers 
since the new year really haven't looked like a team that's a real competitor. And, you know, the Brendan Smith trade definitely helped, helped the Rangers, but when you look at how the Rangers have been playing lately, like, do you see a team who you think will make noise in the playoffs? I mean, it's it's not quite as bad as the Minnesota Wilds, who are, you know, the wheels are falling off and everything's on fire. But it's it's a really fascinating thing to think of the timing of Vino's extension versus kind of widely recognized and, you know, admitted faults and failures in, in how he's approached this roster. I don't know. And I think we talked about that. I, I just, yeah. Vigneault would have been signed through next year. So what would the problem have been with taking a look at what he does in the playoffs this year and then coming up with some form of judgment from that point forward? And I agree with you. I thought that the timing of it was bizarre because what if the Rangers get blown yeah. out again in the first round? And let's not act like that's not necessarily something that can happen. There could be, I think you can make an argument that the Rangers uh, getting past Montreal and going into the second round and maybe even getting to the Eastern Conference Final might be far more a result of who they're playing rather than how they're playing. But even so, uh, you'd think that there would be a little bit more of a hot seat under Vigneault. And again, no one's going to coach well if they think if they don't win immediately their job is, on, is going to be on the line. But Vigneault's had a long time to adjust this team, to get his hands dirty with player personnel stuff, to make his lineup decisions, to go ahead and do a lot of things. And everything that he does to this point has made the Rangers a little bit less of a contender. And you might mm-hmm. think that's being optimistic or pessimistic, but you start off with a Stanley Cup final run, you go to an Eastern Conference final run, you get blown out in the first round. It's just, there it is. So, the extension tells me, hey, we're actually very happy with the way that you're doing things here. And maybe that's why you're seeing Girardi playing on the top line still and Tanner Glass still getting ice time and Pavel Bushnevich sitting and, you know, all that fun stuff. And I agree with you, Mike. I don't think the Rangers know who they are. I don't think the Rangers have any idea who they are. I don't know if they'll be able to figure it out. Are they going to try to be that tough team? Are they going to try to be that skill team that we saw earlier this year? Is Tanner last year because he's going to, you know, get back at Montreal because of what they did to JT Miller? Uh, there's a lot on it. And you just don't know. And we're not going to know until the first day of the playoffs, and I think that might be part of this issue too. Maybe the Rangers don't know. I don't know. Not really the best podcast conversation, but um, you know, uh, Alex, New York Rangers 20 in the chat room is talking about something that we talked about, which is if they fired Vigneault before his contract is up, they still pay him, and they have to approve who he can talk to, so maybe it's a way to make sure that he doesn't take a rival position, but I think Doug Wade is going to sign in Long Island and it doesn't look like Pittsburgh or you know, Washington are going to make any coaching changes. And would it really be the worst thing in the world to have a new coaching somewhere else? I don't know. And again, I don't think, I don't think he's a bad coach. I just think he has major flaws and nobody talks about it. And the media doesn't ask questions about it. And here we are. 
And it's like you rotate the same thing over and over and over again. And if the Rangers get blown out in the first round again this year, are people going to put their hands up again and say this is unacceptable? And then fight, complain when people are negative about the same exact thing happening? I don't know. It seems like a lot of people don't learn their lessons. Uh, but, Mike, I've spoken too long. Go ahead and say things. Well, I think it would be – I think it's for everyone's best interest if we change the topic to something that I think everyone's noticed, which is Derek Stepan is finally scoring goals, um, which is something that uh, no one needed as badly as Derek Stepan, but it's also has been a big lift to the to the Rangers of late. Um, you know, I, 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 I end up talking about – yeah, the law of averages said it was coming. Um, you know, this is his lowest shooting percentage in his career. Um, you know, right now he's 16 goals in 77 games, and that's with, what is it, three goals in his last three games, right? So um, in, in all likelihood, he'll he'll once again, you know, I don't think he has, you know, eight points in him for the next five games. But, you know, once again, he'll not get to that 60-point plateau that uh, we've talked about before on the podcast. But it's been encouraging to see him start to put things together, um, especially on the power play. But uh, I'd like to know what you think about where Stepan is and um, if you think he's going to be a Ranger next October. This is an interesting question because let's start here. I I don't, excuse me. I don't think Dan Girardi is going to be a New York Ranger next year. And that in and of itself creates quite a bit of cap space. I do think the Rangers are going to try to add um, Kevin Shattenkirk. And I do think that the Rangers are also going to try to keep Brendan Smith. Now, there's a lot of money, probably about $10 million between the two of them, that needs to be moved around. The Rangers have to pay Zubanajad, and he's having a pretty good season, but maybe not numbers where he expected them to be. And that may be a blessing in disguise, because if the injury hides his true potential for a year, the Rangers may get a steal of a contract. So the logical thing comes down to, can you move Stahl? I think the Rangers will get rid of Klein. I'm not sure what they're going to do with Holden. There is money out there. Stefan's $6.5 million cap hit is a big piece of that puzzle, that they could remove him and bring in someone else. I don't know if that's the best move in the world. I don't have a huge issue with Stefan. I don't have the issues with Stefan that other people have. And (laughs) I I think the things that Stefan does on the ice are overlooked. Uh, He does a ton of work with on the defensive side of things. He's not the greatest face-off centerman, but who cares? I think he brings a level of stability that the Rangers simply don't have at times. And when he's not scoring, everybody looks at his contract, but this fight about a number one center doesn't make sense. At 50 points, he's the number one center. Run the list of centers and run their points top to bottom. No, I know. Go ahead, Mike. You sound like you have something you need to say. No, it, it is it is interesting because I, I find myself so often kind of in the middle leaning towards uh, I don't think he's worth, you know, what he's paid. But judging a player on, on his contract is not the right way to evaluate them. It's a fun way to figure out things like, wow, Ryan McDonough is profoundly underpaid. You know, Roman Yossi is 
has a huge seal of a contract and things like that. But it's it's also a very weird thing to think of, you know, Derek Broussard being traded and how, you know, there is a, a, a segment of Rangers fandom who talks, who think about and talk about, you know, whether or not Stepan is, it's a good idea to move him. And at times I find myself standing among that group and at times I, I just kind of plead, you know, ambivalence and I just in ignorance because I, I don't know if it's the worst thing in the world that, you know, he's the second highest paid forward on the team and you know the, the second highest paid skater as well. Um, I, when you, when you look at Stefan, when he's really on his game and when he's not has some, cause he always seems to have some scoring drought every season. It just, he can't escape that. Uh, but you know, when he's on his game, when he's healthy, there's no doubt he's a top center. And we've talked about it before where, you know, the peers in his division, that's, you know, it's like comparing yourself to a pantheon of gods. It's He's not going to be compared favorably to guys like Crosby, Malkin, Tavares, Backstrom, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I, I look at this season, frankly, as a success for Stefan, just because you look at the big picture of, of the Rangers and what went right and what went wrong. There was a lot of pressure on Stepan when Zabinijad went down. And there was a lot of pressure on Stepan after the Broussard trade. You know, he, it might not have felt like, you know, there was a lot of pressure on him considering, you know, the contract he has and everything. But, you know, he was paid like a first line center. And, you know, this was one of the years where undoubtedly, you know, it was, it was time to, to show it. And, it's it, you can really look at it and the optics help it a lot. It's a lot of the little things he does. He's just one of those guys, like you said, Joe, it's this presence where you never feel like things are going to get too out of hand when he's on the ice. And, you know, I haven't really jumped into the, the analytics and looked at, you know, what, what, uh, what the shot suppression and, you know, what the general possession numbers look like for Stepan. But, you know, I know they're not stellar, but, you know, you have to pay a pretty heavy price for any first-line center in this league. They always demand big contracts. So the Rangers could have really done worse than Stepan. With all that being said, I still am utterly ambivalent and kind of wishy-washy on what, you know, what the Rangers should do with him. Although I will say it would be pretty crazy to imagine moving forward from Broussard and Stepan. You know, considering, you know, what what that duo meant to the team and to see that Stepan is the guy who's who's left standing now. I don't know. I, I really like what he's been able to accomplish this year, you know, in terms of putting up the numbers he has put up and it certainly has helped that he's gotten back on the on the scoreboard again recently. But yeah, I, I, I don't hold I don't hold any ill will against him. I think he's a great player and a great ranger. I don't know. I also think he could bring quite a bit on the trade market. And it would be kind of stupid for the rangers to not at least explore it and see what they might get for yeah. him. But yeah, before his clause kicks in. Yeah, that, that's the whole point like, behind the discussion. For those that don't know, is that he has a, I think it's just a no trade clause that will kick in after the off season. So... There's a closing July. window. It might be July 1st. Yeah. 
they might really not have all that much time on it. So you need to examine every trade package. You need to examine every opportunity. You need to examine – you just need to look and see what you have. Yeah, there's a and lot of – someone puts a stupid deal on the table, and you can't say no, and that's great. Yeah, what would be spooky to me, though, is who the hell do the Rangers have? It's, I mean, there's Hayes, obviously, but, you know, and I know Miller is, has played center in his career, but it's, uh, and so, what's interesting is actually is how good Lindbergh has really looked in the, since the, Lindbergh is one of those stories we touch on every now and then, but he went from this utterly forgotten prospect you know, a year or two ago, we talked about Oscar Lindbergh, like he was going to be a part of the solution in the future. And now, you know, the first half of the season that that injury he had, he just, who the hell wants to talk about Oscar Lindbergh when we have VC and Buchnevich and Shea to talk about? And now, you know, since the beginning of the new year, how good has Oscar Lindbergh looked? Yeah. Here's my thing. Top to bottom, if the New York Rangers decided they were going to keep this exact forward group moving forward, mm-hmm. forward, forward, With I don't think it would be the worst idea in the world. Well, <laughs> I guess uh, the with Pumple, Peary, and Glass as the non-returnings, bring yeah. Peary or Pumple back for just that 13th forward spot, I don't think it would be mm. an issue. I wouldn't be upset about it because the forwards right now are not the issue. If the Rangers came back with the same defense, I would have an enormous issue. So, to me, hey, I agree. you only trade step on in the event that it's a good deal or if you're getting rid of cap space for another good deal. I don't know the free agent market all that well as of right now. I don't think it's anything special, though. Do you know off the top of your head who's in this class? No, like, in terms of like big centers or anything, not off the top of my head. I know that there's a lot of guys like, you know, like I think of Joe Thornton and, and you know, guys like that, but they're not going to go, you know, elsewhere. I mean, there's... You don't know. There's Rad, you Rad, don't know. There's Radulov. I don't know. Just like, just like no. the shawarma, you don't know. You son of a bitch. Let's see. These are players who are going to be free agents this year. Offer she Ryan right. Johansson. Thornton, Thornton Marlow, Patrick Sharp. These guys are all Marlow. Marlow. Marlow? Marlow. Who is it, Marlow? Yeah. Um, RJ Umberger, who's not even playing right now. Um, Mike Fisher. Oh, also, yeah, the other thing to keep in mind that's important is the Las Vegas expansion draft throws a wrench in a lot of this. It does, and that's a good point. And that, by the way, um, the NHL ruled yesterday or today, I don't remember which, that the protection list would be released to the public. So that was originally going to be just a Las Vegas thing. Now everybody will know who is and is not protected. So that's awesome. That is great. It, what's so interesting about that to me is it, it's a very useful tool to understand the thinking of general managers around the league, and especially in our case, uh, Gordon, because it tells us really not just 
you know, the players that you want to protect, but also the players that you want to build around or those fringe guys, you know, what, what guys who, you know, are kind of on the fence on a lot of the, you know, the fun mock expansion drafts does, you know, does Gorton hold, you know, higher than other guys. So it's true. It'll answer a, a lot of questions. Yeah, that is very true, Michael. That is a truthful statement. You get one truth credit for that statement. Oh, I'll use this truth credit later on. I don't know what you can use them for. You gave Jack a truth credit at one point, so maybe you have some idea what they could be spent on. You did. He did a game thread, I think. That was a mistake. I don't know how doing a game thread correlated with truth credits, but he got one. You created it. Maybe it's a shawarma sandwich you can use it for? If you bring up shawarma one more time, I'm going to throw a shoe at your face. Shawarma. Sweet, sweet shawarma. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we're in a position where uh, I know we really haven't dug into that many issues on this podcast, but... Yeah, we've been all over the place. It's very difficult to make any real statements about who the Rangers are because we don't know. Yeah, the playoffs are clinched. Game one. You know, Hank doesn't quite look like himself, but he's just back from the injury. Uh, You know, there's a couple of, you know, things to talk about that are positive, like, you know, Ranta's looked really good. Uh, Stefan is scoring. Zuka's looked really good. Um, Miller responded in, you know, storybook fashion to, for really an inescapable reason to me being started on the fourth line. By the end of the game, he was on the second line, which is, you know, it's worthy of a, a made-for-TV movie, I guess. But uh, it's in the Brady Shea story TV continues. TV? On the Rangers, a made-for-TV yeah. movie? Ooh. God, Zuccarello would have to be up there, in t- yeah, in top. In, in from a just a an acting standpoint, like well, his Farrell story was... is so good. Huh? Zuccarello, story? Doing? Are you yawning on the podcast, Joe? God damn it! Is that a yawn? Yeah, I said, huh? Everyone knows. No, everyone knows it was a yawn. You can't pretend it wasn't a yawn. <laughs> huh? Yeah, sure. I believe it. Uh, huh? Zuccarello's story is so good. I will choke you with Swarm and what? Um Like his life? Uh, how many... There's Espen Knutsen and like... What, is, what was his name? Tolofsen or whatever. And Zuc in terms of Norwegian NHLers. It's, you know... He wasn't on anyone's radar until... The Olympics, or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, that's like that's a heartfelt made-for-TV movies are like the octopus mates with the shark, and then it becomes like this disaster. No, that's, a, that, that's a that's a sci-fi channel movie. No, that is a made-for-TV movie. Sharknado is a made-for-TV movie. I rest my case. I've won this battle. Have I not? I don't like any. I don't yeah. like anything about you. That's right. So not only have I won the battle, I've also won the shawarma battle. Zucnado? A Zucatorello tornado? How amazing would that be? What would it do? Just have long hockey sticks that beat the crap out of things? Zucnado? 
Did Zook ever wear um, Zuccarello Asin on the back of a Rangers jersey, or did that never I happen? I believe so. No, he changed his name before yeah. he came over. Yeah, and Fast. That's true, I forget about that. Dropped, he dropped the H from Fast before he is for his Ranger debut, I think. Which I also don't understand. Yeah, it's, it's Why very peculiar. Name? I get Zuccarello going from Zuccarello Asin to Zuccarello because. There's only so much real estate on the back of a hockey jersey, but so curb it. The NBA has jerseys that are like from shoulder blade to shoulder blade. Hmm. Make the whole back of the jersey a name. What does it matter? Yeah. Mine would be nice. And what long. are? Yeah, yours would be nice and long. Just like a some boiled hot dog. Um, what are you looking for in the in the last stretch of games here for the Rangers? What would you like to see, and what do you think we're going to see? I would like to see the team that's going to go to the playoffs. Yeah, whatever that is, that's just what you want yeah, to see. Uh, right, that's what I want to see. And I would hope that it's what the lineup that I want, but I would feel better knowing what it's going to be so I can at least prepare myself. And just do you, are you one of the people who thinks it's it's wise to – you know, guys like Nash or Kreider who who might be battling injuries, like, would you rather them stay in the lineup so, you know, they're on top of their form and all that? or No, I would, sort of... I'd want them – you can rest them. I don't think a guy like Rick Nash yeah. and Chris Kreider and whatnot are going to lose. Obviously, I just contradicted myself pretty hard there because um, I want to see the team that's <laughs> going to go into the playoffs, but I also want to see those guys rested. I want to see the team that's going into the playoffs. I would not mind – Pumpo, Peary, and Glass playing every game moving forward until the playoffs to let Stepan, mm. Kreider, Nash get some rest. I don't necessarily yeah. – the Rangers are in such a rare spot where the games don't matter. Now, if Vigneault turned around and decided, okay, we're actually not playing good hockey, I need to fix some of these problems, that would be one thing, but I haven't really seen that to this point. So, you know, I guess it is what it is. What about you, Michael? What would you like to see? I think because I don't really trust Vino to to smooth things over, I would prefer that we see those the guys that might need rest get rest, um, which is one of the reasons why I I balk at you know VC and Buchnevich, you know well, in the case of VC whether or not he, whether or not he needs rest is one of those things. Well, I think I think VC would choose playing top six minutes. You know, if Nash is sitting for a night over, getting another day of rest, um, and certainly, you know, something like that would make a lot of sense for Buchnevich. But um, what I really don't want to see is the Rangers turn to Glass uh, in the playoffs, especially if they don't play him down the stretch here. If they're going to use Glass, I'd like to see him in the lineup um, because. You know, I know he's been up for a while now, but he still played the vast majority of the season in the AHL, and I, I don't really like the idea of him going into, you know, the the playoffs with I don't even know off the top of my head how many games he, he got really under his belt with the Rangers. Do you think Glass, I don't, if he didn't play a single no. NHL game, would be different than Glass if he did? I don't think it would be much different, but. 
the line of thinking is logical, and therefore I desire it. I don't disagree with you and your greedy desires. Um, (laughs) I just... I I don't like being this in the dark. I think this is the, the furthest from reality this team has been Ooh. In terms of, I want to name a made-for-TV movie. What right? Like we desires. don't know. We don't know what <laughs> greedy desires. The star actor would be very like lifetime. Um, yeah. I just think we're so removed from what the Rangers are actually going to be in two weeks that it's hard to make any assessment of them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. That's the the real thing at the end of the day is. Like the team we saw against San Jose and the Rangers we're going to see, you know, down the stretch here, is not who's going to be in the you know in the first round likely playing Montreal. That's not the team we're going to see. What what the real trial and test is for Vino and the Rangers now is is what can you accomplish in that time? And that that was the you know the the piece I I wrote on the banter today is. You know, do you use this as let's get everyone healthy and rested, or do you use this as all right, time to to get everyone comfortable for some film sessions and get the dry erase board ready and try to figure out what the hell's going wrong with the penalty kill, and you know, focus on putting Hank in a position to succeed and build his confidence, which is frankly pretty tough with the schedule they have ahead. But uh, there's a lot. There's a lot or a little the Rangers can do, you know, with with the games that are left to them. And really, there's no right or wrong decision. And it's one of those things where you can, we can very easily, you know, a month from now say, oh, the Rangers should have been resting people or, oh, you know, they they should have been, you know, trying to figure out the penalty kill with the clock ticking on the playoffs. But, you know, what they do is what Vino decides to do. And, uh, it's going to be interesting to see not exactly what they do with the time left, but what the team looks like when they start the game one of the playoffs. Because like you said earlier in the podcast, to kind of bring it full full circle all the way around the shawarma cone, that the Rangers are they're in the playoffs. These games, the results couldn't matter less. They're not playing for home ice. They're not playing, you know, all they can really do is play spoiler. Uh, to Ottawa, you know, um, they're not going to impact the Flyers or the, the Penguins or the Capitals in any way. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here with the Rangers. It's going to be interesting. Is it ever not interesting? It's always interesting. That's why we justify a podcast. Stanley I think desperately why. wants the shawarma. Why he will not let him have shawarma. He can't. He's allergic. What country of origin is shawarma from? Ooh, that's a good question. Is I it don't it? know. Where? You have been blathering about it, and you don't even know where it's from. Where is shawarma from? I would guess from the Indian subcontinent. The Middle East. Levitine. Sounds like a middle it's a Levantine meat preparation. Mm, Sounds like you're saying Levantine. No, I'm not. 
So the place of origin is the Ottoman Empire. Ooh. Region or state? Like Middle that. East, Levant. So I think that's what a Levantine is. I'm looking at Levant? more pictures of shawarma right now, and I got to tell you, I'm not missing out on anything. I, you are absolutely missing out on it. You know what? Folks, if you is, like shawarma, that's fine. Enjoy. Eat what you want to eat. That's you wonderful. Know, Zuccarello is the shawarma of hockey. You, it you looks like a, a punching bag of meat. Like that. You, you just... God. You've ruined this podcast. I know I did. Beth is well. You've said that Patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Panther. Go donate to us. Yeah, why, why on earth would you pay for this? I don't know, but thank you very much to everyone who contributes. Do you see the ostrich? You're not going to let... What did we name the ostrich? I don't think we ever did name the ostrich. I drew the ostrich. You did. We should probably name it something, though. With a manic look we'll in its eye. Ostrich McOstrich Mc face? No, we'll work on it. Um, Twitter.com slash Twitter.com slash Beth Macklin. Twitter.com slash DigDeepBSB. You can uh, read us on Blue Shirt Banter. You can read Mike on uh, FanRag Sports. FanRag Sports. Beth, Beth did, see, I, I knew it. I just, I don't like promoting the enemy. Um, <laughs> Beth does things for lots of people, but she also does things for the Ice Garden. Oh, the women got their family. The women got their uh, their payday. Yeah, it was a historic. That, yeah, the maybe they got it because of the, uh, team. Successful the hard work that we did on this podcast, or maybe they did it without it. us at all because they don't know that we exist. Uh, that is far more likely. Anywho, thank you all for listening. Pay for this. Go pay for this if you can afford it. Yeah, Patreon.com. Listen, if you have to go take a second mortgage out on your house, do it. I don't. There's I don't no backlash that. that. Mike endorses it. Do you hear him? I'm sitting here telling you I don't think it's the best idea in the world, but Mike says to do it. So I'm gonna listen to him. butcher you and turn you into shawarma meat rotating on the street somewhere. Uh, thank you all for listening. Oh, have you ever? It. I have a serious question before we end the podcast. Um, have you ever eaten, I see it a lot in Newark and a lot in, in the city and in, in the real city. Um, have you ever eaten like those, the nuts, the peanuts that are like covered in caramel or whatever the hell it is on those little carts? So mm, I have not, or at least not I from a smell cart it all the time? side of the road, it, they, but yeah, I have I smell had it all them. The time, see it all the time. Never seen someone delicious. buy them. They're delicious. They smell good. I'll tell you that. I know that they're delicious because I've eaten them, just not from a street vendor. Mm. We're we're gonna go. Get, we're gonna get some now. The next time that we go into the city, we're gonna go get some. What's the most questionable thing you've eaten off of a street cart? Does lamb count? You've eaten lamb off of a, a street uh, cart. I eat, I eat lamb off of a street cart more often than I'd like to admit. <laughs> There's a there's a man who runs a street cart across the street from my office that uh There's a man. Keep going. Okay. He he, he had a street cart. He, he, he had lines like around the block 
and um, okay. he made so much money from the cart that he bought a food truck that he now has. Wow. And um, it is lights out food. I get the lamb. It is so good. So, yes, I'd say, I'd say lamb is probably the most questionable thing. That or so you're encouraging to people to eat a boiled hot dog. Yeah, I, I avoid boiled hot dogs for good reason. Yeah, because you're out of your mind. What is the most questionable thing you've eaten? Off of a cart? Mm-hmm. A street vendor. If it happens to be a cart, so be it. Uh, it's probably... It's likely a hot dog, but I haven't eaten anything off of a cart in years. I just don't do it. I do the math in my head of how long like that little hot dog has been rolling on those metal cylinders, you know, or how long those peanuts have just been ex- exposed to the air, and I can't, I can't bring myself to do it. I have watched the guy at Mykonos change mm-hmm. the, the – it really is the cone of lamb – like multiple times <laughs> because of how much people order it. So it's fresh meat. Can we rename the podcast Cone of Lamb? Cone of Lamb? The it sounds almost Cone biblical. I like it. It does. It's a spiritual. Cone. We haven't talked about the spiritual. The Cone of Lamb. Lamb. Cone I wonder how Beth will react to that news. What, that I've eaten street lamb? No, so we're going to rename this podcast. Cone of Lamb. Can, well, you, know can you name she, the episode? She could have been on the podcast then. If she could have been on the podcast, then she would have known. But she didn't. She had to get injured. Tilly Beth. Beth. She's probably injured going after Shay with a lick. That's why we need you to donate to the Patreon. Otherwise, what's going to happen? She's just going to be in jail and we're not going to be able to bail her out. And then you're going to have to live with yourselves for the rest of your life. You don't want that. To get her a back brace. We do need to get her a back brace because she is hurt. I don't know what she did, but she tweaked her back pretty bad. Hopefully she feels better on a serious yeah. note. You know what it might make her feel better? Street-coned lamb. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. It's, it, can we call it mutton? Because I like that word. Maybe. street that Sounds like the that, name of of a strange like prog rock album. Well, I'm going to prog, so. Oh yeah, that's right. That is right. All right. Not well, the sort of prog I was talking about, but I got you. So you did say prog. I did. What do you want me to do? On that, you uh, say things. I hear them. I just go with it. All right, everyone feed your dog shawarma, and thanks for listening. Mm, Patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Panther. Beth is a whale. My name is Michael Murphy. I apologize for everything. This was a...